0: to politics. This is the Michael Medved show.
1: And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth and certainly one of the great locations in this great nation is the state of Washington. Despite the fact that there is a new poll publicized in the Seattle Times by the FYI guy for your information guy Gene Bulk It's a new poll that shows the majority of people, and it's not a big majority, it's kind of closely divided, uh, say that they would leave this beautiful and wonderful state if their personal situation permitted. Uh, Well, but there's good news on the other side. Bigfoot still loves Washington, Washington leading the world in credible Bigfoot sightings. We will get that important news to you uh, in a few moments, but with all of that going on there's a real question about the state legislature which finished it's very very faithful productive uh... busy controversial session without deciding on what the law says in the state of washington regarding drugs some of which uh, have been should be must be illegal uh... to talk about what's happened in the state legislature a hundred and five day session uh... lots of uh... important decisions and uh... one very important non-decision no one better to speak with than matt markovich who uh, as i said before he came on i think does the best job of anyone in covering our state politics and he's in studio uh... with us coming over from next door at uh, cairo radio Uh, Matt, great to talk to you again.
0: Always nice to talk with you, Michael.
1: Okay. Uh, The legislature is finished with their work, Mm -hmm.
0: but they're coming back for a special session. Maybe. And there may be, maybe not. Uh, The governor (laughs) says he wants to have a special session. He said that yesterday. And that special session is exactly what you talked about. It's around guarding one issue, and that is the lack of a drug possession law in the state of Washington, just to set the framework um two years two years ago the state supreme court ruled our drug possession law uh, unconstitutional based on the missing of one word and i won't go into all that but so real quickly two years ago the legislature came up with a temporary fix making it a misdemeanor but you can't really arrest anybody for possessing illegal drugs uh, and send them to jail, they have to be sent to a treatments facility, referred to a treatments facility twice. And it hasn't been working in this state. I, uh, the police chief in Everett has said that of the 500 referrals they've done in the city of Everett during this time, only one person accepted. Uh, and, and they basically that person went, never went to jail. None of those people went to jail, and just one person went to treatment, and he has no idea whether that person even finished treatment.
1: Okay, so the situation right now, because I, I suspect that the majority of people uh, who are listening to us haven't had the experience of either being uh, arrested or referred for, right. for drug usage. The, the way that it works right now is that uh, if uh, law enforcement sees somebody with a serious drug problem, addiction problem, uh what's the most that they can
0: do? The most that they can do is say, Sir or ma'am, uh you are in violation of the state law, I could take you to jail, but the law says, here's a reference sheet, go to this clinic and hopefully you can get treatment and send them on their way. If they can take the drugs and just send them on their way. And that's why I meant by referrals that people aren't showing up at the treatment. And they get two shots at it before the third time. They, the officer could take him to jail. It's a weak law, and it hasn't been effective at all. That's a temporary fix. But that expires June 30th. Come July 1st, the state has no drug possession law. You could stand on a street corner in Seattle and smoke crack, ironically, right next to a person who's smoking a marijuana cigarette a joint, and there's laws to prevent him from smoking a marijuana a, a joint on the corner but the guy with heroin shooting up or having a, smoking a crack pipe, it'll be nothing against him.
1: And, and how about people using fentanyl?
0: Nothing, nothing, nothing. There is no, there'll be no open use law, no possession law. I can have a baggie of ten thousand fentanyl pills on me as long as I'm not giving them to you or handing them out or selling them. I can stand there and hold the bag, and nothing, nobody can do anything about it.
1: Okay, I. I... Am I to believe that the majority of people in the state legislature uh, think this is a good change?
0: No. no. (laughs) Right. Nobody, right. So they've been working on, well, here's the thing. You talk about the legislature that just finished. There's a 105-day session. They've known they've had this sunset happening at the end of June for two years. They say they've been working on this, and it came down to the wire. The last possible bill they can vote on, they couldn't agree on it, and so... We have no law starting July 1st. So what's scrambling right now is all the cities and counties in Washington state are scrambling to pass their own drug possession laws or open use laws, including the city of Seattle just announced one, a proposal yesterday for open, uh, open use of you can't smoke crack on the corner. At least you can't do that. Um, That's what they can do right now. So there's, and but now the governor has said, Hey, lawmakers, or the at least the leadership go back in your corner room back there and hammer out an agreement that you have the votes for and call me up and I'll call a special session in May one day session so we can pass something well I just got off the phone as I was telling you with a, a, a one of the leaders of the Republican Party one of the caucuses who said they're not meeting at all they're on they just finished session they're all gone their ways maybe they'll talk but there's a real Um, there's a real blockage with the House Democrats here on how to handle this. And so the House Democrats come up with kind of an agreement. Uh, And again, we have a a Democratic majority in both the House and Senate and at the governorship here in the state of Washington. So until those House Democrats can can agree on a possible fix, we won't have one. And for 105 days, they have not. Okay, is this uh,
1: sort of a de facto situation where – this amounts to the legalization of drugs? Correct.
0: It does. Yeah. It really does. Uh, come July 1st. Yeah, if they're... So we're just a few steps
1: behind Oregon, is that...
0: Yeah, and yes. Mm-hmm. But And it's worked out well there. <laughs> and it hasn't worked out that well no, in Oregon, obviously. Yeah. It's sarcastic, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, um, yeah, so that's, that's where we sit with the drug law. Uh, and it... Uh, Okay, again,
1: politicians bloviate, and that's a, a word that uh, was actually popular for a uh, It's HL Not in Lincoln. my vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they 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 bloviate. Bloviate is what it sounds like. Yeah. You, you're you're burping and uh, telling what's important and demagoguing and making. Everybody's concerned about the fentanyl crisis, and rightly so. I mean, we've had um, us over 100,000 people dying every year from fentanyl in this country, and it's it's a very, very real problem in King County. It's a real problem in the state of Washington.
0: What do we do about that? Well, the legislature did pass a law outlawing the machine that presses a pill, like it says M30 and makes a fentanyl pill, they were able to decide that, that they outlawed the machines that make fentanyl or any other illegal drug, uh, but they couldn't make the drug illegal. So there you go. That's, that's the state of Washington for you, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, where do we go? Uh, I think uh, it, the real question comes down to political will by the House Democrats. You have, if you looked at the four pillars of the state legislature, the four caucuses, Three of the four have agreed. You have the House, the two, the Republican sides, and one, the Senate Democrats, have all agreed. Three of the four are all in sync, except for one one pillar, the House Democrats. And because of that, we don't have a drug law.
1: Okay, when we come back, I want to talk about the uh, $1 billion to build low-income housing uh how is that uh, going to work out that was part of what the legislature had accomplished and uh the ban on the sale of assault weapons which has gotten a great deal of publicity uh what is that going to mean for the average washingtonian 1800-955-1776 our phone number here live in studio with uh, the one and only Matt Markovich and a real pleasure not to hear about what the legislature has done or not done, but to talk to Matt. (laughs) We'll be right back.
0: This is the Michael Medved Show.
1: And my honor to be joined by Matt Markovich uh, of Cairo News Radio. He's spent 30-plus years as a reporter on uh, state politics here in this state of Washington where a, a new poll of Washington residents shows a slight majority would exit the state if they could and there's a huge gap along political lines this from the Seattle Times a piece by Gene Bulk the FYI guy and uh, He writes, one question asked respondents to choose which of the following two statements was closer to their opinion. Statement number one, I would move to another state if my professional and personal situation allowed me to. Uh, Number two, the cost of living in Washington is worth it for the quality of life. Uh, 51% of those surveyed say they would move to another state if they could. 39% 39% said the quality of life in Washington was worth the cost. The remaining 10% said they didn't know. They didn't know. Um, but uh, if you're feeling a little perplexed reading this because you absolutely love living in Washington, he writes, I can guess one thing, you're a Democrat. <laughs> uh, because the uh, what the survey shows here is that... Uh, Uh, Basically, both independents and Republicans uh, would fairly, overwhelmingly, uh, try to move somewhere else. So, one of the problems with the state of Washington, everybody talks about it, is the cost of housing. Uh, The state legislature is going to fix all of that, spending a billion dollars in building low-income homes.
0: Well, they they passed several measures that add up to a billion dollars in taxpayer funded low income housing that's not what the governor wanted he started his big ticket item at the beginning of this legislative session was a 4 billion dollar voter approved tax levy it basically raised the debt limit on the state so you can have 4 billion dollars that we spend over the next 6 years to build low income housing and the, le- the the lawmakers didn't go with that so what they gave him was a billion dollars over 10 over 2 years uh and he said okay with that. He didn't fight for his $4 billion. So he said okay. So basically the state is now going to spend a record amount. They've, the, they haven't they have even come close to spending a billion dollars on low-income housing ever. Uh, and that's primarily to house the unsheltered. He, uh, you know, We've had, had a homeless issue in the city of Seattle for a visible one for at least seven or eight years. And he's just now having money set aside to remove camps from highways just in the last year so he's been late to the game and I'm not speaking out of turn I think both sides would say that that late to the game on doing something about housing and homelessness and so this is his phrase this whole session has been go big so people can go home and that was his catchphrase and so he dropped that once the four billion dollar plan was pretty much dead in the water and he's backing this one billion dollar plan
1: Just out of curiosity, for the people who are advocates of $4 billion plans and $1 billion plans, do they point to some other states elsewhere in this glorious union where the low income housing has worked out really well and has really taken care of the unsheltered?
0: Uh, Well, they looked a lot like San Francisco. I mean <laughs> come on you're joking right no I'm not I'm not they're looking to California and looking
1: California has the highest of San Francisco and LA are the only places that have higher homeless populations than we do
0: I, but it's but look who's leading the population who's leading the state in in the big cities down there it's Democrats right, right? right. so they're gonna line themselves with what other Democratic states are doing and a lot of Democratic states are buying or spending a lot of money on housing San Francisco I remember going down there for a story uh, last year, trying to talk to London Breed, the mayor down there. And, you know, their proposal had some success when they went out and immediately bought 10,000 apartment units to put people in the Tenderloin area and get them into shelter. And that's the mentality is is shelter first in a lot of Democratic states and cities. And so the governor and the Democrats that lead the legislature have that philosophy Before you can fix the homelessness issue, before the drug issue, before you fix all the crime issues, you got to get people housed. And housing first is the mentality in this state, and that's the way it is.
1: This is uh, something, and I think when we've spoken before briefly, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is a personal obsession. Was there any discussion in Olympia at all about the uh, tremendous upsurge, and I think really destructive upsurge, of graffiti, of vandalism? Mm -hmm. Uh, in the city of Seattle.
0: No, not at all. I mean, public safety was a big issue obviously because they had the pursuit bill and but the, but but a lot of the things that uh, was discussed at Olympia that the Democrats want was less uh, I guess you say less laws curbing crime like graffiti, mm-hmm. like uh stealing cars. I mean, right now uh, I don't want to transition, but that was a big deal. We now have a passive pursuit bill that is mediocre at best. What the public, the police want, but literally, if you're standing next to a police officer and someone he's the two of you see him see someone steal your car, he cannot get into his cruiser and chase after that guy. He cannot do it, even though he saw it happen. That's the way the law is written in the state. But they
1: do—they do, do have a new law uh, banning uh, the sale of uh, high-capacity uh, uh, canisters for right. They have that,
0: and now they just signed into law three big uh, assault weapons bills, banning some 60 models of sportsman rifles that the uh, the the advocates for guns are calling them. They don't call them assault-style weapons; sport, sporting rifles. So basically. Outlawing almost every semi-automatic rifle in the, in the wa- state of Washington, the purchase and distribution and import. So and that import is a huge conditional word here, because if you drive in, if you're in, you drive in your assault weapon into the state of Washington and drive it out, or you bring it in through the airport. Technically, you imported that weapon, even though you legally own it from another state, you import it, you're violating the new law. Uh, don't
1: most of the violent crimes here involve handguns? Correct. Yes, and big majority, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, but they're giving all the attention to so-called assault weapons.
0: That's right, and because they were used in uh, it all the all the big, you know, they got the notable recognition. Of some of these big crimes, but the the most people are killed in the state of Washington with a handgun in little one to one shots fired, I didn't like this person, the little crime, that I shouldn't even say little crime, people who've died are dying by handguns in the state, more so than any other rifle. That's a fact.
1: Well, again, to know the facts, and it's it's very important, these people are making decisions in your name, and my name, in the name of all of us who are listening to us. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about. I hope we'll have a chance to do that soon. It is a pleasure speaking with Matt Markovich. You can hear him at the news uh, news radio Cairo. Uh, And uh, we will be right back on The Medved Show, uh, moving to some of those national issues that that are also not on their way to resolution. Uh, We'll be right back on The Medved Show.
0: History shows at MedVit History Store.com. This is the Michael Medvit
1: Show. And the Michael Medvit Show, we were just talking about a new survey that says that uh, the majority of people who live in the state of Washington uh are actually eager, if uh, their personal situation provided, to uh to go elsewhere.
0: If I believe to go elsewhere. elsewhere. Jet
1: plane I, don't I don't know about leaving on a jet plane, because sometimes it just means driving over, usually not to Oregon, but often for people going to Idaho. But um, there is a piece in Axios that shows that uh, some very important residents of this state are staying right here. In fact, uh, may be multiplying here in the state of Washington. And... Uh, Axios reports that while Bigfoot appears to be a fan of the West Coast in general, you are most likely to spot the bipedal cryptid in Washington state. This according to a detailed analysis of sightings reported to the Bigfoot field researchers organization. And and then they have a, a subheading why it matters. Okay. well that's. Important. Nearly every state has reported sightings of the legendary ape-like creature, including Florida, which recently hosted a Bigfoot conference. Uh, But Washington leads the country with 710 reports and 9.12 sightings per 100,000 people, according to the analysis. Uh, This is the land of the weird said David George Gordon a a naturalist cryptozoologist and author of numerous books including the Sasquatch Sasquatch Seekers Field Manual using citizen science to uncover uh, North America's most elusive uh, creature. Um, Washington is estimated to be home to at least 70,000 deer and 60,000 elk which are believed to provides suitable prey for Bigfoot, according to the Bonus Insider report. Except, uh, basically, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, there's reasons to believe that uh, Bigfoot's a vegetarian, uh, that they are herbivores, not carnivores. In any event, uh, Oregon has the next most sightings per capita with 6.06 per 100,000, while California has the second most overall reports with 461. However, Washington is number one in both uh, the most sightings per capita and in the uh, overall number of sightings. 83 out of Washington's 710 reports are from one county in the state, more than any other county within the state. Greg, you want to guess? Pierce County. Pierce County. That's, uh, uh, that's something. Uh, yes, but uh, most of the good sightings have been in eastern Washington, said Gordon, where there's just miles and miles of nowhere. Uh, sightings of Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch or Wood Ape, began, they report Naxios, around the 1830s. Actually, reasons to believe it may have begun well before then because there are Indian traditions that, uh, uh, that pra- predate the uh, arrival of European settlers to this part of the world. Uh, this according to uh, an Ohio State University psychology article, the creature is most commonly described as resembling a mix between a gorilla and a human that has reddish-brown fur and walks on two legs. You keep digging, you're going to dig your own grave. Okay, meanwhile, there is a change, apparently, that is being talked about uh, in schools. There's a big piece in both the Wall Street Journal and there's one in Axios about ditching homework. And uh, Axios asks, uh, time to scrap homework. Schools are rethinking homework and whether it's a fair way to grade students. And uh, then in the Wall Street Journal, they have the headline, uh, schools ditch homework and deadlines. In Clark County, Nevada, they're already well on the way to ditching homework. Why? Wh- how, what? What is a school, particularly it, when you talk about middle school and high school, when you go beyond elementary school, no homework? Um, part of the reason that they apparently are trying to ditch the homework is because they feel homework is... is unfair, that it's unequal. Uh, There is a digital divide. 6% of school-age kids, which comprises that millions of students, only have access to the Internet at home through smartphones. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, the share rises to 14% when looking just at students from lower-income families. And 14% of lower-income families have limited access, so they supposedly are not able to do homework. Uh, Also, there are after-school responsibilities. 3.4 million kids under the age of 18 are caregivers for members of their families, Uh, AARP notes. Millions also work part-time jobs after school. Uh, homework help some students lean on parents siblings or tutors for help on assignments while others don't have the option all of these factors affect the time and the effort students can give to assignments and uh... placing importance on homework favors those with a stable home life and more hands-on parents uh... the wall street journal reports uh... case in point school districts in nevada iowa virginia california and other states are embracing what they call equitable grading, which minimizes the importance of daily homework and focuses on final projects and tests, the journal notes. And the idea that um, they say in the Wall Street Journal equitable grading can take different forms, but the systems aim to measure whether a student knows the classroom material by the end of a term without penalties for behavior which under this theory can introduce bias homework is typically played down because homework is biased you know what the the one thing about homework that i remember from school and greg i bet you did too uh, is that there is a bias with homework girls are better at it they come in with a neat it's 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 orderly it's it's all fixed it's readable it's legible and guys, uh, not so good at at doing homework. So maybe this would help to uh, readjust the the performance gap between males and females. They uh, they say in the Wall Street Journal, Sarah Lloyd, a middle school science teacher in Los Angeles, has spent two years studying equitable grading and is still working on the right balance between giving students space to be self-paced and keeping her science lessons moving. You have to teach differently, she said. Her students are starting to value learning more than points and have less uh, anxiety, uh, she said. Ms. Lloyd said she understands why teachers push back against mandated grading changes she thinks, says, I think that is uh, easier to convert people incrementally. It's not uh, something you can shift all at once. Uh, and the idea that uh, doing less homework is actually going to bring kids forward and help them do better in, uh, in, in terms of reading at or, uh, dare you want to even say it, above grade level, I think that is a a, a dubious issue. I, I'll tell you, there's another dubious issue, which is this obsessive, I mean really obsessive media coverage of uh, transgender issues, and uh, with uh, talks about wanting to censure a member of the Montana legislature who uh, basically... <laughs> A bit back at Zoe Zephyr, the one transgendered member of the Montana legislature who has become something of a national hero. Uh, How does this happen? And uh, really, uh, when did this begin? This
0: is the Michael Medved Show.
1: And on The Michael Medved Show, uh, there is a a great deal of conversation right now about the idea of what is called gender-affirming care. Now, what does gender-affirming care mean? I mean, how does it affirm someone's gender? Uh, What it does is it prevents uh, children from going through normal puberty and, in fact, prevents them from ever going through puberty of any kind because what you're dealing with is uh, taking hormone blockers for children uh, and sometimes it involves surgical corrections of children uh, particularly for young women apparently who have their their breasts removed uh, and okay when you're talking about this "Quote great debate," which I I I do believe that the great majority of Americans uh, probably, if they understand what people are talking about when they talk about gender affirming care, are on the side of most Republicans, believing that this is uh, this is something that should be limited. Certainly, should be limited uh, in terms of uh, without. Parental consent and the idea that uh, you you would have gender affirming care provided to children by various youth centers or teachers or schools or institutions without the parents approving of that uh, th- that I- idea becomes uh, deeply obnoxious and there are nine states that have now passed legislation. That uh, prevents gender-affirming care, not for everybody, but for kids. Usually, it's kids below the age of 18. Uh, and uh, this actually came up in a uh, question from April Ryan, who was a White House correspondent for the Grio. This is a uh, clip six. Uh, she was asking Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, a White House uh, press spokesman, uh, about this whole issue. And uh, listen listen to the way she put the question, which is not so much a question as an editorial all of its own. April Ryan in the White House press room asking a question of Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, the White House press spokesman, about Zoe Zephyr. And what is going on in the Montana legislature? Uh, listen. Let's go to Montana, um, the Montana state legislature. Uh, similar, it seems similar in a lot of ways, shutting down someone who wants to, in, a state lawmaker who is in protest of something that they feel is wrong. What do you say to that? And what is the president saying? And what is the White House doing in the midst of seeing now these legislatures? shut down people who are doing what democracy speaks of, trying to strengthen it. Uh, Okay, and here is the answer from uh, KJP, in uh, praise of Zoe Zephyr, the one transgender member of the Montana state legislature.
0: We're seeing devastating pieces of legislation across the country in state houses uh, aimed at taking away freedoms. Uh, aimed at, take, at attacking people for who they are, uh, especially our young people. Uh, these bills uh, cause uh, families uh, to live in fear. They're creating great uncertainty about how they will receive the care they need. As we're this is specifically to Montana, and uh, and again, it is uh, when you see these types of things um, silencing an, a, an elected representative in an attempt to suppress their message is a denial of democratic values. It is undemocratic.
1: Okay, silencing a um, a lawmaker uh, for who they are. Uh, Basically, uh, Representative Zephyr was silenced because she talked about her colleagues having blood on their hands, which specifically violated a part of the code of conduct which was there in Montana, Uh, The way it's covered in Wall Street Journal, which is, I think, a a good deal more illuminating, uh, it says Montana's House of Representatives voted to bar a transgender Democratic lawmaker from participating in debate from the floor a week after she spoke out against a bill that would ban gender-affirming therapies for minors. Uh, The Republican-controlled chamber Wednesday uh, voted 68 to 32 to no longer admit Zoe Zephyr to the House floor for the rest of the session. Uh, she will be able to vote uh, remotely. A Republican Representative Sue Vinton, the House Majority Leader who introduced the motion, said Ms. Zephyr had encouraged disruption of the session and did not comply when told to come to order and clear the floor by the House Speaker. Last week, Ms. Zephyr told colleagues they would have blood on their hands if they voted for a bill banning gender-affirming surgeries uh, and treatments for minors in the state. Uh, the legislation was passed by the House. Uh, this uh, goes on as a, uh, uh, an unusual issue with a biblical perspective. From one of America's leading religious scholars, a uh, Whoopi Goldberg on the View. Here's uh, what she had to say. We may have a meeting. Decide all the women get together and decide whether the, how they feel about it. But my god, this is a party that says we believe in parents' rights. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that as a parent, I don't I'm not smart enough to decide if my child and I need to have gender affirming, our yeah. doctors are not involved. What is going So I can't, My I can't decide what my kid reads. I can't decide, yep, f- for my child what my child says is going on. Yep. You're telling me your beliefs your and they keep saying it and I keep saying what bible are you reading? Yeah. Cuz God was really clear. Very clear. God was really clear in in what regard for for gender affirming surgery? I I mean God was really clear. There's another uh suggestion for um for new legislation that, that is much needed. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is the transgendered woman uh, who whose photograph, whose image was on the Bud Light beers <laughs> with, with disastrous impact on Bud Light's sales. And uh, uh, she, Dylan Mulvaney, was very upset uh, at being called a man uh... listen like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again and i i feel like that should be illegal i i don't know that's that's just bad journalism okay that should be illegal i, I feel like that should be illegal people are worried about the first amendment uh... there are all kinds of A distortions of what the First Amendment is and what it says and what it permits and does not permit, but uh, the idea that calling Dylan uh, do by the way, do I think if someone insists upon uh, characterizing herself as a woman that uh, it's uh, easier and probably more civil and uh, to to be able to grant someone's own determination of his or her gender. Uh, yes, okay, fine. But th- that doesn't mean that you get to play. In other words, Dylan Mulvaney should not play on uh, female sports teams. And and again, the, the polling on this is so overwhelming on the side of female athletes who prefer not to compete with men. Uh, speaking of competition... Uh, there is um, more competition going on about the the debt ceiling. And yes, the Republicans passed a plan in the House of Representatives, but it's going nowhere. and the the real question now comes, will Biden, who is, running for reelection, do what the American people want. Because when people are asked about this, they want the president to negotiate with the House and with the Senate and basically to solve this problem. And the idea that you somehow solve a problem by refusing to negotiate with the other side because you want what is called a clean uh, bill. Uh, by the way, the term clean bill should be dropped. It, it means uh, a basically a one-dimensional bill that actually does nothing to improve the budgetary situation. Uh, how do you improve it? Well, we'll get to that and more. Two new movies, too, and much more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.